y'all. Welcome back to the Confessions of a Crappy Christian Podcast, a place where you and all of your crap are not just welcome, you're wanted. I'm your host, Blake Gishay, and every week I'm showing up with a new friend to talk about the things we're really great at, the ways Christ fills in the gaps on the things that we're not, and how he has been faithful to make his power perfect in our weaknesses. My hope is that you walk away feeling empowered and not alone in your struggles, and that people sharing their stories pushes you to share yours. All right, let's do this. All right, y'all, today's interview is with Ashley Bourgeois. I am so excited to have the opportunity to introduce you to one of my incredible real-life friends. Uh, This is not somebody that I met on Instagram. This is someone that I have intimately done life with who has a truly incredible story. Ashley uh, is married to an alcoholic and has a unbelievable story of redemption and struggle and victory. And this is without a doubt my favorite interview I've done so far. So regardless of if you have any even hint of addiction or alcoholism in your sphere, I promise that this episode is going to speak into your life. Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hey, Blake. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so I just introed you before we started recording, but I'm really excited to get to interview somebody that's like a real life friend. I have so few like <laughs> real life friends on the show. You so literally Ashley... say you met me on Instagram. I know. I can't <laughs> say that. It's so funny. So like Ashley and I used to work together. Um, she is an incredible, incredible soul and such a strong person. And I'm so excited and honored to have the opportunity to share my platform to allow you to tell your story because having walked through some of it very intimately with you, it is a story to tell. And so uh, let's start there. Let's start with your story, you and your husband's, and uh, we'll launch into it that way. All right. So uh, I met my now husband when I was 19. So a long, 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 long time ago. And um, we dated for about five years and got engaged, the whole like do it the right way kind of thing, you know, get married. And um, we suffered a miscarriage about a year and a half after we got married. And, um, you know, I never realized how much that actually impacts a man. Mm -hmm. Found out much later um, that that was something that he kind of held on to. And I never really knew that. So fast forward a year later, we um, get pregnant and have our little boy. Um, but before we had him, um, I found out that Jacob was addicted to pain pills. Um, didn't know what that looked like, had no idea what addiction was, um, how it manifested, had no kind of support system while he was away. I was seven months pregnant while he was gone. Um, so back home, I literally hit it. Like my own mother did not even know that he was away. So, um, there was no one to tell me, Hey, this is what it's going to look like when he gets back. Mm -hmm. No one says when someone's addicted to pain pills, they should not drink alcohol. I didn't Mm -hmm. know any of that. Mm -hmm. So um, he was sober what I thought was about a year, but realistically he had been using the entire time. Um, We get pregnant again, have a little girl, and uh, he had quit pills. I am not entirely sure when he quit, but when he quit, he switched to alcohol. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not around alcoholism, so I don't know what that looks like. Um, it's really funny looking back how people say, how did you not know? And that drives me insane because you, you're not looking for it. You are trusting your husband when he says, no, it's not a big deal. No, that's not alcohol in my breath. You know, um, you want to believe him. You mm-hmm. want to believe him doing the things that he says he's doing. Well, and alcoholism uh, doesn't look like what the movies or television. No. I mean, it, he was it, functioning. He had a job. Uh, I mean... That is one thing that I forget to say a lot. A lot of alcoholics are raging alcoholics. They hit, they're abusive, they're verbally. Jacob was none of that. Mm -hmm. None of that. 
And so you're right. When you think of that, you think, you know, you punch somebody in the face or punch the wall. Jacob was none, nothing like that. He was functioning. He had a job. We, you know, yeah, we were behind on our bills, but who's not behind on their bills? So, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, you know, not a big deal. And when I would ask him, hey, how, how, how are things going being, you know, now a new parent to two little kids. And when he says he's fine, I just say, oh, okay, and go about my day instead of really trying to find out how he really is. Um, so he was hiding bottles all over my house. He was um, frugally <laughs> spending money, um, <laughs> lies after lies after lies after lies. Um, I thought I was going crazy, crazy, mm-hmm. which I, I hear is like another byproduct that like the loved one always thinks that like, it's, they're like losing their mind. Thank you're nuts. Um, because again, there's no resources. There's no one on the other side saying, oh, look, you're probably not crazy. No one's there to tell me, Ashley, your intuition is a hundred percent spot on mm-hmm. because now looking back, my intuition was a hundred percent hundred percent spot on. I was right. Every single time I felt in my gut, something was wrong. And that is so frustrating to know, like, just listen to your gut. It's mm-hmm. true. It's mm-hmm. so true. But well, cause I think a lot of the time we, what we think is our gut is the Holy spirit. Absolutely. We just talked about that in church last week. And, uh, that's, it's so true. It is so true. But there's Satan saying, Oh, he said, no, he said, he's you not need to trust. You need to trust <laughs> your husband. Like, yep. Like, Absolutely. And so um, about last year was um, the time that things got really, really, really out of hand. Um, it was just, it was like everything that he had done magnified. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just able to know, I found more alcohol. He, I was able to start pinpointing those um, weird behaviors. Money was just missing after another, after another. And um I asked him to leave. I told him I'm done. I can't deal with this anymore. I have, um, Blair wasn't even two. Mm-hmm. Landry was four and I had to be a mama. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, I had told him from the get go, I will always choose you until you make me choose them. Mm. Yeah. You're my husband and you are above our children. And you will always be above our children until you make me choose. Mm-hmm. Until you make it a choice. Yeah. They, they, they can't fend for themselves. I am <laughs> they're I, not supposed I, to. Not supposed to. I am their mother and I'm going to choose them. And um, he went into detox and he went into rehab. Um, he went into sober living for a few months. He relapsed while he was in sober living. Um, God changed my heart, which we will get into. <laughs> and uh, he is currently almost 10 months sober. So we have been together almost 15 years. So this is the, this is the first time I think, and I, I mean, well, ever really that, that I've actually had a coherent, sober, present husband. God. And I don't want to gloss over, like your husband has been sober for 10, 10 months. 10 months. That's a, 10 it's months. almost a year. It's almost a year. And like, it's so funny because the like bad side of me is like, Ooh, don't, don't jinx it. Don't, don't, don't jinx it. But then the other part of me is like, Mm, it's almost been a year. It's like almost we're been a year to that, and and we are going to speak it because it's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. He's going to make a year sober. Yeah, which which is huge. It is. <laughs> like, I have like goosebumps all over my body. Like that's just so crazy, <laughs> and it's so incredible. And I love like that you touched on multiple times, kind of telling your story about how about the lack of resources for this for your side of it. You know, alcoholism, addiction, which Jacob has struggled with both. There, there are resources, there are, there are programs, there is like, I mean, you have, you can do a quick Google search and you've got plenty of information, but there is a lack of that for the people who love those people and then take it a step further for people who love those people and love Jesus. Absolutely. Like that is the big deal for me because there's Al-Anon, which I went to one Al-Anon meeting and it just wasn't, a, it just wasn't an experience for me. I just mm-hmm. did not, it, but I don't like people talking about a higher power because I don't serve a higher power. I serve Jesus. He mm-hmm. has a name. Mm-hmm. And so for some people that works for them, but for me, it doesn't because he has a name mm-hmm. and, it, and, and that was just really tough for me to be able to say, you know, 
Jesus is the, the only one who has gotten us where we are. It's not a higher power. And so there are no no known programs that I have been able to find that um, that are Christ centered. Yeah. And that's At why all. I love like having the opportunity to have this conversation, because I promise you that out like the people that out of the people that listen to this show, there is there are people who love someone that struggles with addiction there are people who struggle with addiction and there are people who are friends with absolutely someone who does one or the other and like we have got to start enabling people to walk through this better because I'm going to be totally honest with you like there as your friend there have been multiple points in your yours and Jacob's story that outside looking in as someone who loves Jesus I was like I, I don't know why you haven't left Oh yeah. Oh, I don't know why wow. you haven't left. I yep. love and that's not like yep. a, a flippant no mean thing. It's no. like when do you call it? When do you when? call it? Is it Absolutely. time? It you know, is it time to go? And that's why I'm like so obsessed with this y'all's story and the outcome and the redemption that God has done. Because like y'all should not be living under the same roof. And look, it was so hard for me because I, on one side, don't care what people think about me, but on the other side, I will not be seen as weak. I don't like to be seen as weak. And for me, every time I took him back, I could hear the people like, oh my God. I can't believe she took him back again. I cannot believe she took him back. But here's the reality is that you are a hundred times stronger for taking him back. I have read that over and over and over again. And I had never really thought about it like that. It was like the strong ones are the ones who stay. And it's so funny because I'm just like, God, I do not feel like that at all. But I feel like, I mean, it ultimately, like at some point, oh my God, it would have been easier to just be a single mom. Right. Than to like have these two like really small children and a husband that's an alcoholic. Like at some point it'd be like, oh my gosh, it'd be easier to do all my own. And look, one of the toughest things was, so the way our bedroom is set up, um, Blair's room is across and kind of diagonal. And she is in a crib still, and it was still back then, obviously, as well. For two months, two months, she would wake up every morning and peek her head out of that crib and say, Dada home? Dada home? And I would get angry, just angry. That I was having to tell this baby, your daddy's not here. We would go to bed at night. Dada home? Dada home? And you know, someone told me one time, you should record that. And I thought, he is already in such a low place. What do you think that would do? Well, and that's not, my job is not to heap on pain. At all. Like, and But that is the world, Ashley. Like, that is the world's answer to struggle and to strife that you're out for yourself. You need to protect yourself. And past that, you need to make them pay. And you they need to, to pay. You're they need to hurt. They need to hurt. Absolutely. Like, regardless of if we get back together or not, that is that baby's father. And I will never tarnish her view or image of him because God forbid something happened to him. Right. And that's the last, cause it could have happened. Uh, it was easily, easily. And that's the last thing I told my child. Right. No, I can't tell you how many times you should just record that and send that to him. I'm like people. And, and these are people I'm friends with. Right. Not first. Well, and I think that that's a really like, that's a good, like, like sticking point. Like we have got to be careful about what we're saying to the, to people who are struggling or people who love people who are struggling, I think what we can intend, look, like my primary emotion is anger. Like right. I, I, I know that about myself and I am fiercely protective and defensive of the people that I love. And if I'm acting out of my flesh, I can go for the jugular. Like that could have been me acting right. out of my flesh. You need to record that and send it that to him so he feels like crap. Right. But like we like we don't li- like that we don't live out of that stuff like in the in the go- in the kingdom under the gospel like Jesus died for every single thing that Jacob has done and put you through on even ground with you and with right. me and yep. with you know like 
it's a, it's an upside down world. And to me, like, I don't know how people walk through addiction, alcoholism without these resources, without Jesus, because there isn't I, anything else. I have no idea. I really I have no idea. I have no idea. And it's it's so funny because I used to be the one who um, like in church or um, just like in, in Bible study or something. I didn't want to be the one who prayed out loud or like if every you know, someone said, I mean would you want to go share Jesus with someone? I never felt like I had something to, I didn't know the Bible enough or I didn't know this enough. And I always felt like, Oh, I don't know what I'm going to be able to say, but I can share what he's done for me. Mm-hmm. And just like with the blind man, I don't know if he's good or bad, but I was blind and now I see mm-hmm. you can take that how you want it. And that to me has been such an opening door for me to be able to share Jesus and not be ashamed because it's my story and you can't take that from me. You Absolutely. can't take experience from me. You, you know? can't tell and me so, what it was or wasn't. You, exactly. You can't tell me what I walked through and what I walked out of and what I walked into. And so that has been such a, a easy way to share. Oh, yeah. You know? And, Absolutely. And it, 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 it's just so nice to be confident in something. Yeah. It, it, maybe not what you thought you would be confident in. Hey guys, uh, before you fast forward, this is not an ad. I actually need your help with something. We're in the process of making some changes here at Krabby Christian Podcast, good ones, but I want your input. So I am hosting my first ever podcast listener survey. It's a place for you to, first of all, give me some demographic help, let me know who's listening, and then also just opens it up for you to share what you love about the podcast, what you think could be better, Uh, what you want to see more of, all of that kind of stuff. So it would mean the world to me if you would hop over while you're listening and go to crappychristianpodcast.com slash survey. It's like 15 questions, super simple, and it would really, really help me out. Again, crappychristianpodcast.com slash survey. Thank you. Let's like talk specifically to like someone who loves an addict or an alcoholic. Like if you had the opportunity to like, you're getting to sit down and share with them, like what would it be, what would be it, it crucially important to you to share? So one of the things that um, I, I kind of did a little thing on my own about, um, I stayed. A lot of people don't stay. And so there's a difference between loving an alcoholic or an addict in a marriage, I, you know, can't speak for a mother, father, anything like that, but in a marriage who stay and who don't stay. Mm-hmm. And so being the one who stays, you have to own that life. You have to take responsibility and say, I am choosing to stay. So I have to choose my decision. Like you can't put it off on everybody else. You can't wallow in self-pity because you chose to stay. And if you're choosing that, then you need to make sure that you make healthy choices first and foremost for yourself because he can, they could relapse. Mm-hmm. It's not about you. Mm-hmm. You have to get yourself in a place where if they relapse, it's okay. You're okay. You're okay. You're perfectly okay because it's not about you. I used to think all the time, God, like I work out. So I try to look a certain way and I try to do this and I try to cook. And I, once you realize it's not about you, it's not about who you are as a person, what you look like. It's none, none of that. It's about them. Yep. It's so freeing. It is mm-hmm. so freeing because that's just, you just beat yourself up about it. And um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Dr. Brene Brown. Oh, yeah. Okay. Freaking love her. Um, I got all of her books and listened to her on a podcast and stuff. And um, she said, shame needs secrecy, judgment, and silence. And what I love about that is that's who we are as people. We are judgy and we talk about people and we are quiet about things. And that's where addiction thrives. Mm -hmm. That thrives is in those shameful, quiet 
moments mm-hmm. where no one knows what's going on behind closed doors and you got to let people in. Mm-hmm. You got to let people into your mess. You've got to let them in. No one knew for the right? longest time. Yeah. No one knew. I and saw you every single day and I didn't know. And people at work were like, what? Mm-hmm. He's been gone how long? Yeah. You've been doing, you've been doing what? Everything by yourself. Because joy is not a verb. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something you choose. Yeah. And I thought to myself, if I'm going to lead these children, if I am going to show them what it lo- what it means to love someone unconditionally, mm-hmm. because I'm choosing that. I'm mm-hmm. choosing that. People leave all the time. I'm choosing to love him unconditionally. I need them to see that. Yeah. And I it can't be ugly and messy and um, in the household in front of the kids. Yeah. They need to see their mama loving their daddy as he is. Mm-hmm. Because I'm choosing to stay. I love what you said about, like, the shame needs, like, dark and secrecy. That, like, that is just as applicable for the person who loves the addict. Oh, yeah. Like, it would make sense to say that to somebody who's who's struggling with, like, substance abuse. Like, okay, like, you got to pull this stuff out. You Like, shame is going to fester and it's going to grow. But, like, you too. Like, you aren't supposed to walk through this by yourself. Nobody well, you know, expects I, I, you to, like, know how to function. You're in your own recovery. A hundred percent. I also read something else one time. It was like, you have to... You have to get to a point where you realize that you're sick too. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Not have the problem. <laughs> but you're addicted to the alcoholic. Mm-hmm. You're addicted to fixing them. You're addicted to fixing yourself to fix them. Mm-hmm. That's a sickness. Yeah. You've got to break away from that. Which that would be an unpopular view to like tell uh-huh. someone who is married to an alcoholic that, like, they have things that they need to fix in themselves. Right. And I would imagine that that would be incredibly difficult to hear. Uh, as is. you said, you were like, uh, what? Nope. No, no. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but, man, like, I feel like that just flings open doors for restoration. If you're both like, I'm a part of the problem. I'm a part of the problem. I have things I could be better about. I have things I could be better about. Like, well, you know what it does, too? Because Jacob is really bad. Bad. This sounds terrible. But he's really bad about, oh, God, what was me? Mm. I am the one that's got all these issues. But when you open that door and say, hold on, I have issues too. You know what it does? It takes all the attention off the alcoholic. Mm. And it makes you get in the arena, Brene Brown, with them and fight with them and say, no, no, you're not the only one suffering here. You don't get, yeah, like you are not the only one suffering. Exactly. You're not the only one suffering. And until... The other party realizes that it take because because everything about alcoholism and addiction is selfish. Every mm-hmm. little bitty piece of it is selfish. And if you decide to stay, then you have to walk up to that person and say, "Hello, me. Mm-hmm. I need I need help too. Mm-hmm. I need recovery too." And I, I, I have to love- like I have to heal from this too. Like Absolutely. right, I have been so focused on you and all your stuff for so long, I need it too. And Mm -hmm. if you have a partner like I do, thankfully he was willing to say, Mm -hmm. can we do this together? Mm -hmm. Which I was saying the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) Which I feel like is (laughs) like that leads you to like, you never expected your life to look like this. Never, ever. Nobody does. I mean, I know that there are people who like willingly marry an addict, I'm sure, but you didn't marry an addict. Didn't. And in fact, I, I forgot to say that that Jacob broke his foot five days before we got married, and the end was prescribed pain pills, and never got off of them. <gasps> and I never knew it. I never knew it. So it's literally been your entire marriage. Our entire marriage. Our entire marriage. And I didn't find out till about three and a half, four years into our marriage. So the, uh, like I had kind of said earlier when say, you know, people say, I can't believe you didn't know. 
don't ever say that. Yeah. Let's make a list of things not to say. Ever say that because you look at yourself and go, God, I am so How did I not know? How did I not know my husband was 125 pounds? I found out later there were people looking at our family pictures and going, oh my God, he looks so sick. But I saw him every day. Well, yeah. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I After the fact, like after the fact, we were able to look back and be like, whoa. <laughs> and especially if you look at Jacob today. Right. It's at such a night and day. Yeah, right. it's completely different. But it makes that person just feel even worse. Right, yeah. Just like with not, not telling Jacob that his child was screaming, crying for him every night. He was already feeling horrible. There was nothing I could do to make him feel even worse about himself. Right. Because if you think about it, the man takes care of the family and makes the money and fixes things. Now he doesn't have a job. He can't see his children. He has no idea how his wife is getting the next meal, literally. Mm-hmm. And he had to let all that go. Mm-hmm. So why would I purposefully on. Right. stomp him while he was down? Because mind you, he's my husband. And you love oh, him. Oh, right. And I do think that people forget about that element. Like when they're watching someone walk through loving an addict, they still love him. They still love her. Like, you know, and I know I that that's like a really difficult concept, but man, just give a little grace. It's the people who are not walking through that who can see the mother who has, you know, rushed her son to the doc- to the ER for the 15th time because he OD'd. Do you tell the mom, just let him die? <laughs> no. Child, but from the outside looking in, you could see how you could get frustrated and be like, just be done with it. But you forget that that's someone's son, that's someone's husband, that's someone's brother. Like that's still, and if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And that is not to say, I do want to make sure to like give a disclaimer of like people who have made decisions to cut toxic addicts out of their right. lives that, and which is also a great thing to do when you just can't too we have i have personal experience having to do that and like, that is so hard it is and it's, it's you know, all hard it's typically i have found in my journey that it's people who don't think they have a problem right. or who don't want to get help or mm-hmm. like in jacob's instance he didn't have a choice like they were toxic, toxic to his sobriety. There are people in our circle still today who don't think they have issues. Mm-hmm. And Jacob, being an alcoholic, can say, Ugh, he just doesn't recognize that he has issues. And we've had to back away from them. And Absolutely. it's so hard. It's so hard because it's, it's sad. Right. But his sobriety comes first absolutely so I definitely wanted to make sure that we speak to that like I don't want anybody to be listening who has made a decision to leave or has like had to cut a mom or a brother out because they are an addict and they won't get help and hear like your story and hear us talking about it and be like whoa what the heck like no No, been there done that I have the t-shirts like I have we have had to cut out those family members there is a difference there There is is a difference and and, you know when when Jacob left. I was at that point. I mm-hmm. saw a divor- divorce divorce lawyer. I was at that point. He had to physically prove to me that he was worthy of coming back home. Mm-hmm. And he did. He did. Mm-hmm. But he was on the, hey, look, we got kids together, but we ain't doing this life thing together no more. I, have, I am done. And th- that's where boundaries come in. <laughs> yes. That those boundaries. And yes. Early, I had two small children. I could, I was just not thinking for myself. Mm-hmm. I was thinking for them as well. And their safety was above everything for me. Mm-hmm. Everything. If there Absolutely. is someone who is, who is putting someone else in danger and they're not getting help, they got to go. Yeah. Absolutely. Go. Absolutely. So I want to talk about, like, I, I, we're trying to really focus in on, like, the person that loves the addict. Because, like we said at the front end, I feel like there are resources and conversations happening for the other side of it what like you kind of opened up before we started recording about wanting to talk about like the stuff that people don't talk about like the really like hard ugly underside of being in love with and married to an addict and so I definitely want to give you like the space to talk about 
to talk about that part of it. Um, so one thing that was really hard for me was, and I know this is hard for a lot of people is, um, asking for help. Mm -hmm. There were times when I had to be at the gym for four 30 in the morning. And because you're a personal trainer. I was we didn't say that. Yeah. I was a personal trainer and I also went back to work for the city for the, for full time. So I had like seven clients and then I worked 40 hours a week, had a one and a half and a three and a half year old. Um, you cannot, <laughs> you cannot get stuff done without help. And I quickly, quickly learned that. Um, that's hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard asking people, Hey, when you say, call me, if you need anything, do you really mean that? Because mm -hmm. if you really mean that, I need you at my house tomorrow morning for 4 a.m. And you know what? I never missed a single morning. God, that's amazing. Someone showed up at my house at 4 a.m. every morning. Wow. Whether from church, whether it was from the gym, someone in my neighborhood. Um, shout out to Francis. Um, <laughs> everybody, like people showed up. And it because was, you let them. Because I let them. And I'll never forget, um, somebody said one time about, like, you have to be able to give people opportunities to bless you because that blesses them. 100%. And, and it is so true. It's so true. But that is hard. Oh, yeah. It is hard to not see your children all day long and get home and I, be I the only like, one. I mean, it was, it, it was, it was horrible. And then you felt like I haven't seen them all day long, but now mom has got to go back to work because mm -hmm. I would have clients in the evening mm -hmm. and that was so defeating, tired. Landry didn't sleep for the first seven months of his life. <laughs> that again, over and over and over this mm -hmm. tire was, uh, I just, I can't even, I cannot even explain it, but people showed up mm -hmm. when I asked them to. Mm -hmm. And that is irreplaceable. That is really, really irreplaceable. Um, money. Having to ask people for money. Mm. <sighs> Two things that are really hard, time and money. <laughs> Those are really hard things. Um, I'll never forget Jacob was a part of a men's Bible study. And um, there was one day because I wasn't getting a paycheck. But you can bet all my bills were still coming in. Mm -hmm. So I was just on my paycheck. So that's why I had to work the two jobs. Um, but after all the bills got paid, there was no money for food, literally mm -hmm. no food. Um, I, I, I wouldn't eat. There was no money in, in the evening for me to eat. So I remember there was um, talking about God's perfect timing. He will never give you what you need early. He's going to mm -hmm. give it to you right then and there. And this is a huge testimony to that. Um, Jacob went to a Bible study for a long time on Thursday nights. And there was a day where I knew I didn't have food at home. Ice cubes, literally not even being dramatic. There was nothing in the house. And I was on my way home. Like, who can I call and say, Hey, can we come over for dinner? And, um, his Bible study teacher called me and said, Hey, can you come by the house real quick? They live in our neighborhood. And I was like, yeah, what's up? He said, um, well, we had um, Bible study tonight and, um, beforehand we just, we just had something we wanted to give you. Hey, what? He gave me his debit card and said, take it. You don't need to know how much is on it. You just need to go grocery shopping. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? So another friend of mine came and got the kids so I could go grocery shopping. And it's moments like that where you can't be bitter. You can't be better because God said he would show up. God said he would take care of you. You just have to believe him. Yeah. Because as, as a planner, as an organizer, as a, I know what I'm doing in two weeks from now, all that is washed away. Yeah. It literally stripped me down to, you are going to trust me day to day, day to day. I, I was beside myself. I think this is the first interview that's ever made me cry. <laughs> I really I was, do. I was beside myself because, and I'm trying not to, too. I, that's why I can't really look at you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're a mama. You're supposed to provide for your children. Like, 
they can't want for nothing because their daddy's gone. That's not their fault. And, like, I'm obviously, like, so touched by, like, this family or this man's, you know, gracious, like, extension of his debit card. But I feel like I'm even more overwhelmed by, like, that you let him. And that you, like, like, you worked so hard and, like, put yourself absolutely last. Yeah. For so long. And God was like, here's a debit card. Like, feed your babies. Babies. And ultimately, like, due to your obedience and due to your faithfulness, like, your family is together under one roof right now. And they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. You're right. The, we, we should not be together. We no. should not be together. My um, my go-to verse, and this is really funny because I've been a Christian for a really, 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 really long time. And I have like the memory of an elephant. I remember everything. But for some reason, why this is so hard for me to realize is that you should hide God's word in your heart. <laughs> that should be a no-brainer, right? <laughs> and it just wasn't for me and I get it but the verse that came to me time and time and time again because I was so scared and I was so fearful of what is going to come fear is not of God nope so second Timothy 1 7 God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and love and and of a sound mind fear is not of God it's not. And once I was able to rein that in and realize I would walk around my house and say, Satan, you don't live here. You don't belong here. And whether Jacob is sober or not, you have no victory. None. God has the victory. God, he gets everything. I am going to praise him in this storm. Because you know what? There's no other alternative. I couldn't lay down and let my children starve. I didn't have a choice. You have to get up and you have to keep going. God has to get the glory. He is going to strip you down to you are naked on the floor. Crying out to him. And then he's going to say, here's a debit card. Uh-huh. Here you go. Yeah. It's, it's, there's another thing is, um, you can't get to courage without walking through vulnerability. And I know you've talked about vulnerability before. And it's so funny because I've had people say like, God, I would love your, your strength and your courage and your this. And I'm like, are you prepared? Do you, are you, are you what? prepared to walk through what it takes to get here? A hundred percent. Because it is not a flower garden. No. Get on this side. No, absolutely. I have, like, I have friends and, like, people on Instagram and stuff that say, like, I feel like vulnerability is your superpower. Like, you're just so vulnerable and transparent. Yeah, I I will claim vulnerability as my superpower because, the like, walking through the things that I've walked through to get to a point that, A, I have the, the strength through Christ to be vulnerable, but then also, like, you got to have something to be vulnerable about. You you do. Like, I can't be vulnerable. <laughs> like, what is there really to be vulnerable about if my life is, like, rainbows and butterflies? You know, right. like, there's a, there's a story behind that vulnerability. For me, it's, you know, it's mental health and it's, you know, panic attacks and all of that kind of stuff. But, like, I think that I, that's, that's really key. Like, people are like, vulnerability and courage. Okay. Yeah. But. but like. <laughs> There's some this stuff that comes that. with it. There's what comes with that because it's, he is, it's not going to be easy. And he never said it would be easy ever, ever, ever. No, I, I think that's a huge misconception of Christianity. People want these redemption stories and they want this and they want that. And you just have to sit back and say, do you know what comes with that? There's a price. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's saying that you want to walk through the fire and, and, you know, a lot of people do, but you got to hold on. You got to keep going. You cannot unpack your bags right there. Yeah. Because if you pack your bags right there, guess what? You stay in. Mm-hmm. You want to stay there? You cannot. You have to keep going. And it's so hard 
because like I said, for me, I am a planner. I like to see what's on the other side. And he said, no, Mm -mm. no, because if you're going to trust me, you cannot see the end. Well, and you ultimately like choosing to stay, choosing to love Jacob, choosing to do life together. Like you don't, you will never, like there is not a sure thing when you love an alcoholic. Like he could, like, we're not speaking that, but like he could relapse. Absolutely. And that was, you know, we kind of talked earlier about um, mourning the life that I thought I was going to have. I really wanted a third baby. But Mm -hmm. for my life, it's just not feasible. Mm -hmm. Because if something does happen, I will have three babies instead of two. And it's letting go of the, if only. Mm -hmm. Instead of going, oh my God, my husband's 10 months sober and I have two beautiful, healthy children. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's being okay with where we are right now. And you know, we joke and say all the time, like, another child is not in our future. But if that happens, that it would be God-ordained. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, that's just not on the horizon. But it is, you cannot dwell in the what-ifs. You cannot dwell in the, God, things could have gone this way. Because they didn't go that way. Right. you got to let go of it. That can hold you back and drown you. You've got to let it go. you got to let it go. And so that was that was another thing that he kind of showed me, like, I am molding you to be the person I want you to be, not who you wanted you to be. Mm, or who you thought you would be. Or who you thought you would be. I never in my wildest dreams thought that I would be talking about this, that I would be living it, that this would be my life. But you know what it is. And and I knew every time I cried, I could literally, here I go again, I could literally see God with ugh, with a bowl collecting all of my tears and saying they're not wasted I am going to use every bit of this to, for for me for me and then for and, I mean like this is this is impactful that, like, right. you have a story and it's not right. the story that you wanted but your no. decision to be obedient to like let God like you're like all right God use it like I like when you when we first talked about you coming on the podcast at first I was like do you want it to be anonymous? Do you want to use names? Like, I can not say that it was you. We cannot say that it was Jacob. You know, like, I, like my wheels are spinning. You were like, nope, let's do nope. it. This is our because, story. Like, we're going to tell it. There's so, there so many people that have been like, oh, my God. Like, you have a picture-perfect life. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my but gosh. And that, it, to me, that just, it does. I had people reach out to me on Facebook from a picture I had posted um, actually, I think you saw that picture and I never even said what was going on. I just kind of said, you know, we have a, a, a love story to tell. We just don't know how to tell it. And I had people reach out to me from that and say, I don't know what's going on, but can I tell you what's going on with me? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah, well, you I think have- that that post was the post that I was like, all right. Yeah. You, you open the door. Come on. Let's yep. go. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Because there, there are people to be reached mm-hmm. and you don't know who they are. No, a lot oh my gosh. We'll have to come to you and being able to hold your arms open and say, Where are you at? Yeah. Here I am in my ugly. Here I am in my victory. Victory. <laughs> and with um, my 10 month sober husband that's, right. you know, like. There was another thing that Brene Brown said there should always be room in your house for struggle and victory. Mm-hmm. It's letting these people know we love you when you're good and we love you when you're bad. We are not just going to be here to celebrate with you. We're going to be here to cry with you. We're mm-hmm. going to be here to say, you know what? You relapse, but come on, tomorrow's a new day. Mm-hmm. And I think that you can even like flip flop that too, because there are people that want to stay in the struggle. They right. want to stay where it's hard. And like, you have to choose victory because it's like, God's already given it to us. Like Done. victory is ours. We have, Stand in it. We have a crown. Just put it on. Just yeah. put it on. Yeah. But knowing that Jesus is the ultimate reason that we are where we are at right now. That is it. Mm-hmm. He gets a thousand percent of this. There is not one thing that was self-inflicted or, you know, Hey, I made a right decision there because Lord knows I did not make any decisions without him. I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. And to be able to eventually share this story with our children Oh my gosh. Because we talked about it. There's addiction that runs in both of our families. And I 100% believe it's hereditary. We have two children. Mm-hmm. One 
both, hopefully neither, but we need to be able to show them, look at what mom and daddy went through. This is how we handled it. Um, to be a testimony to our own children. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, they need to hear firsthand, hey, when things get tough, this, this is how we dealt with it. Mm-hmm. You know, because we, like I said, we have already kind of talked about how hopefully, hopefully he will never relapse and he will have 40, 50, 60 years sobriety and our children will never remember mm-hmm. their, that, but it's still our story mm-hmm. and we are still going to stand in it and we are going to share even with our children. Mm. They need to be able to see what God can do. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I really, I really didn't think I was going to cry. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to cry. I definitely <laughs> didn't think you cry. were going to cry. I, neither of us are criers. Neither like, one of us are criers. <laughs> I have, like, come to your house when you have, like, kicked your husband out because you found out that he was an addict. I don't think either of us cried. No. Like, I think we were, well, we were probably just mad. Oh, I, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So was mad. there anything else that you wanted to cover? I want to make sure we like get uh, everything. No, I don't think so. Just um, there's victory. Yeah, there's so much victory in this. And it's you know, so good. sometimes there's not. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's not, but he will still use it for his glory. Amen. He Amen. can still use it. Absolutely. I, he can still use it. Nothing is wasted. No, no tears, no pain, no heartache wasted with him. None of it. No. No. So good. What's your Enneagram type? Do you know what you are? I am pretty sure I'm a seven. Mm-hmm. I feel like I lean towards a three as well. Mm-hmm. I've also kind of read that you can miss. Oh, you can. I mistyped. I'm an eight and I mistyped as a three. Well, when I read it, it was said sevens mistype as threes interesting a lot it's like I read a couple of articles like that and when I read both of them I was like oh gosh so I know we talked about like you 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 know and this kind of goes back to the conversation we were just having like a personality shift walking through what you have walked through over the years (laughs) and like you did like pre all of this I would 100% vouch for you being a seven like when we were together all the time like you were a seven Right. But you can change. I wonder. I wonder if you like pull, or if you're pulling like an eight wing. I might be. You may because... be a seven eight wing because eights are like more like maybe not necessarily organized, but they're very like get stuff done. Get done. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Right. So you may. I would look into seven wing eight, which would be really hilarious because I'm an eight wing seven, <laughs> which would make which would would make a lot of sense because we meshed. So, like instantly, so right. right? Yeah. Oh, I never looked into that. Now I'm gonna look into it. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, the second one is what is something that can always pull you out of a funk? Okay, well, I don't just have one thing. We know I'm an HP lover. Yes. Harry Potter. Um, I did just spend an astronomical amount of money on my second time to see Celine Dion. So, yes she is my everything so yeah those are some good ones those are some good ones harry potter is one of mine for sure I love um put, put celine music on a harry potter movie <laughs> that is that's while, like while i'm reading the book yeah oh man that's like that's almost too much like, it was like too much good what is the last thing you watched on tv so I just recently, like within the last six months, discovered Netflix because we <laughs> we don't have internet or cable at my house, mm-hmm. um, but we just kind of are borrowing it, if you know what I mean. So yeah. I started watching Scandal, <gasps> and I am on season two, and I love it. Okay, so I feel like I need to warn you that it digresses quickly. Does it? It's so dang good. I am all about some Olivia Pope, but they like, I didn't even finish it. They lost me at some point. So I am a humongous How to Get Away with Murder. Ugh. So I finished that whole season, yes. ready for season six. And I didn't want to watch Scandal until Olivia Pope showed up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crossover. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. 
So once I finished that, then I decided to start Scandal. Did you post about Dead to Me the other day? Was that you that posted about it? No. I just started watching Dead to Me. It's a Netflix series. It's got Christina Applegate. Applegate. Oh, my God. My coworker was just talking to me about that. It's so good. That is it's right. so good. I never answered the question, what's the last thing you watched on TV? My, that's my answer. Well, the last thing I watched on TV was Dead to Me. <laughs> Ashley, God, thank you so much for an incredible interview. I definitely want to, like, I need you to tell people where they can find and follow you so that if they do need to reach out, they do need to contact you, they can do so. Yes. So, um, Ashley Bourgeois, I am just a facebooker and instagram um but i am also ashlie which is a huge uh yeah don't stress we're gonna link to all of this in your show uh, notes <laughs> yeah i'm an ie girl and um instagram yeah ag bourgeois instagram um i'm not a ginormous social media person yeah. but yes you need to you'll check up. your dms like you'll see uh, them yeah reach out to me i am all about that all about yes. that Ashley, thank you so much. Thank you, Blake. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, and you can find the show notes and more information about the show at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. I'll see y'all next week. Electrical pros, the Home Depot can help you put safety first with a four-pack of Kita FireX Hardwire smoke detectors for just $39.97. Order these interconnected smoke alarms online and you put safety first. And that's followed by $10 savings on each pack, free delivery, and peace of mind knowing you got the right brand for fire safety. See? Put safety first and everything else follows when you order a four-pack of Kita smoke detectors for just $39.97. Only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only. Start a rewarding new career right away. Giant Eagle has immediate openings for supermarket positions, including curbside roles, get-go positions, pharmacy technicians, and warehouse workers. To find your new job and get hired in as little as one day, visit jobs.gianteagle.com.